On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we dig deep into the Stan Van Gundy situation. The Pelicans coach, will they, won't they? What's going to happen with Stan Van Gundy? We get into that. We talk about a little bit about the draft lottery. We've got some Saints news going on. We also, of course, overrated, underrated, the worst. There is so much to talk about on this episode. You are going to want to listen to all of it. So stick around right here, Polk Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush. Oh my goodness, my voice is thrown out. It's June 16th, Wednesday, June 16th. 2021 and daddy got a weekend away and his voice does not sound great are, are you a horse from screaming at the flight attendants the strippers <laughs> the waiters what is it just screaming into general shouting yeah just a braveheart type weekend <laughs> with 19 dudes that have uh you know hanging out uh we went to a couple baseball games went to a couple bars went to uh, a loud you know like went and saw some music and i was just think i was just yelling a lot so it was good all good things but uh i apologize in this podcast if i can't hit the octaves that I can typically get to. I, I deeply apologize. I'm the, the Art Garfunkel of, uh, of this podcast. Yeah, welcome to Polk and Peter Brady this week, everybody. <laughs> the voices are cracking. Now, you were at a 19-person ba- batch. I don't have 19 friends. Yeah. Did what, you know all these guys? No, it was okay. like... Uh, so the guy, the groom, is from uh, Jackson, Michigan, which is like a very... Like a small city in uh, in Michigan. And then he went to school at Tennessee, and now he lives in Portland. So it is liter- it was literally like the most eclectic group of all white gentlemen that you could find <laughs> in one place. There was a guy who was a cop. There was somebody who worked at a, at a jail. There was like, in there. Yeah, there yeah. was like dudes from Portland with a calculator watch named Shiloh. Like there was, uh, and then Southern guys. It was like the most eclectic mix. Everyone got along well, and you start to realize it's like, Deep down, we're all very similar, and we want very similar things, yeah. no matter where you're from. And, you know, guys bond on the bachelor party. You're yeah. like, don't tell my wife. I won't <laughs> tell your wife. She's not really dead if we never mention it again. There are secrets to be had. As you get older, these things get to be more, uh, I guess, precious, too. Everybody sort of appreciates having literally any time to themselves or just not around someone who's, you know, yelling at you to bring them you know, breakfast like your children. Uh, so everyone was just in a good mood basically the entire time, which was great. That's great. You guys were in Chicago, right? Chicago, yeah. Mm-hmm. So saw a Sox game, saw a Cubs game, went to Kingston Mine, saw some blues. Uh, that is just a, uh, a kick-ass city in the summer. It's so easy to get around. It's so easy to hang out. There's a million things to do. It is definitely my favorite place to be in the United States. And you got sure. to hang out with uh, Anthony Davis while you were there. That's true, yes. I went to AD's uh, dad's house. We had dinner. Uh- <laughs> I, I don't know if everybody knows that that's like a WWE thing. Like, you guys are really good friends. Oh, yeah. AD and I, yes. That's just, you know, that's... <laughs> when the, the cameras are off, everything's better. Yeah, you guys are great. 
Well, that's fun. I'm glad you got to uh, shake off the shackles of the New Orleans summer. <laughs> yes. And go have some fun. Yeah, I came back and it officially summer had started. It's brutal outside, man. Yeah. White boy summer's in full effect. <laughs> I mean, I was saying last week it's pool season. Now it's like, no, no, no. You have no choice. Get in a swimming pool right now. Dude, I'm in shorts. That's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> I went to an outdoor event on Saturday. Stupid. And I was wearing jeans and boots. And I was like, what is wrong? Go home. <laughs> You're just lower Go back. Home. It's just a forest. <laughs> I d- I'm not a shorts man, but I, I got to show off the games this season. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way. It's the way it goes, man. So at least it'll only be like this for four months. And, oh, there's something like tropical depression in the Gulf right now. So it is welcome not- back, everybody. It's, uh, it's nice to have a small talk with people because it's, it's just like, man, it's hot. <laughs> Yeah, it's hot. Ah, hurricanes. Oh, <laughs> now I can talk to the mailman, you know, some yeah, guy we, in the we elevator. We missed all that last year where we had seven hurricanes in the middle of COVID. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting back to it. But everybody I've been in the elevator with, I'm like, hot, huh? <laughs> all right. <laughs> nope, this is your floor. It's the only floor. Okay. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Two? Okay. Uh, so it continues to be a, uh, a relatively slow time, not even relatively. This is about the slowest time of the year when it comes to local professional sports here. Uh, but we do have a lot to talk about. We're, we've done uh, kind of some more higher level topics the last couple weeks. And I think this week is a good opportunity because uh, we never really fully tackle the subject of Stan Van Gundy. And I think this is a good time to get into what where he stands, because I, I, I do think he is an enigma a bit when it comes to this team. Uh, he obviously was hired last year. There was a lot of hubbub about how he was going to improve the defense. He was going to add a level of professionalism, et cetera, et cetera. This season turns out to be kind of a disaster. And Stan didn't really, uh, I guess he took a responsibility for it. But I don't think he ever had a really a good explanation as to why uh, it unfolded the way it did. And so now we kind of find ourselves sitting here like if they're going to make a move in one direction, I don't know when it'll be or when it could be. But this would probably be about the end of the line of when they could make a move. Now, like what are the ramifications for the team if they make a move? If they dump Stan Van Gundy, uh, what, what is the financial obligation there? Uh, how quickly do they have to turn on the Jets to find some immediately? Yeah, short season. Uh, yeah, and who could it? I mean, th- this is a lot of what ifs and who's ifs. Sure, is Stan Van Gundy currently safe with the Pelicans? Uh, I can't answer that. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I would venture to say, based on sources, that there's tension. I think we've all known there's tension. Tension with the front office and him. Tension with ownership and him. Certainly tension with the players and him. Uh, that's what happens when you come in, you make a lot of money, and you lose. Uh, and, and especially with the amount of pressure that we know the Pelicans are under this year, the idea of a normal circumstance where you say, okay, like we'll see how the first half of next season goes. If it's going the wrong way, we'll move on in the middle of the season, and then we'll decide you know, to use an interim and then go get a real coach the next year. They're kind of not in position to do that. Uh, so they have to really be all in with Stan or all out with Stan. And they've taken some time now to certainly evaluate it and discuss and get to the, the root of it. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised really either way uh, until like if it gets past 
this week. If we go through the lottery, then I would think that he'll be back for sure. Now, saying all in with Stan or not all in with Stan, the not all in with Stan has a lot more stacked on that side of the deck. Yeah. There were rumors as recently as a couple weeks ago about tensions with him, specifically with Brandon Ingram. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is mulled about internally that Griff is not a huge fan yep. of Stan Van Gundy. And that goes a long way uh, with somebody like Griff that is so involved with this team and understands some of the points uh, you know, that we specifically mentioned on the previous episode about how this is shit or get off the pot time. Yes. Uh, Griff cannot afford to fuck around uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Z- the team is at stake. More importantly, Zion is at stake. Yeah. Um, so... It, I would think that maybe it's not looking great for Stan personally, because just from a, a perspective of last season, near the end of the season, after these brutal losses, he's just clinch, you know, he's, he's hand wringing going, yeah, that sucked. I don't, <laughs> man, you saw it too. It was bad. Like it's great to sit, like own up and, and hold yeah. people accountable, but there was no solution shown there. And uh, Stan was brought in basically as the safe choice. Mm-hmm. So he does not have as, you know, if it was Becky Hammond, if it was Jerry Stackhouse, I think there would be a little more leeway to, okay, this yeah. is a new coach, a new team, a new. He was the safe choice, and that's why he was brought in. 100%. I, and I think that is an important data point to keep in mind. It's like he was brought in to improve them immediately. He was the short-term solution to get them into the postseason. That is why they paid him, I, I, I think it was somewhere around $20 million, uh, you know, to leave TNT and come over to the Pelicans. And that was not a thing, like, I don't think he was actively searching for a job. I think this was a part of uh, Griff thought that he would just be a really good fit. The two of them, I think, had a pretty good relationship. And then it turned out that it just, you know, when you lose, it's really tough. And in a, a COVID season like this, when you have a coach who is... Uh, gruff and hard line and hard edged that's going to be more challenging because he does not he never had time to cultivate relationships he never had time to build trust with those guys and maybe under a typical circumstance he would have failed anyway with that maybe it would have been challenging regardless uh, but in the circumstance that they were put in I think it was almost impossible for him to build any kind of relationship and he's not Alvin Gentry who could walk in a room and he's charismatic and funny and gregarious. Like, he's just not that guy. Right. That the players are just going to automatically kind of at least give him the benefit of the doubt. Instead, he had to go out and win. And when they started losing early, and it didn't look like he his game plan had any semblance of reality in the current version of the NBA. I mean, they're giving up a million three-pointers. They're not taking enough three-pointers. They don't have a team that can take three-pointers. They don't have the right lineups in. I think he lost a lot of trust, and then I think when he started rolling on the players as their defense got worse and worse and worse, I think that only worsened their relationship. But to be fair, they got better at the end of the year when it came to defense. Like, they actually were a legitimate defense toward the end of the season, but by that time they had lost so many games and they lost so many close games that it didn't really matter. No, it it was just a snowball effect. The the defense and player development were some highlights towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Is that enough to save the career? Not when you're the safe choice and no. not when you're getting paid that much money. Yeah. That would be a bright spot if it was 
Becky Hammond coaching. It's not with Stan. <laughs> yeah, you can't make that call. And, and like we said, like this is a different situation than if you go, all right, well, we've got another year. Let's see how he does in half a season. And, you know, if they suck, they suck. Then we'll just bring in an interim and whatever. Like, they did that with Alvin. I don't think they really had a lot of full faith in Alvin his first season. No, but uh, charisma, Griff, you know? charisma gets you so far. Yeah. And Stan is the regional manager that shows up and tells you you're doing a bad job. <laughs> and then when he leaves, you're like, where's that dick from? Comes in here and criticizes me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just, it, 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 never, it never looked for a second. Uh, after about the first six weeks of the season, it never looked for a second like he was enjoying himself. He certainly did not want to be here. And, you know, for a city with as many restaurants and... <laughs> I don't think he did anything, though. <laughs> well, no, he could I don't think he... I literally don't think he saw the city. I don't think he, he did He tweeted anything. a bunch. Yeah, he tweeted a lot about, you know, uh, various liberal causes. And I don't... I'm sure that didn't butter him up to ownership at all in that, in that sense. Because, um, you know, I, I would think the... Uh, ownership of the team and the sales side of things isn't exactly fired up that you know he's alienating part of the fan base based on politics right which you don't have to do you know alvin gentry never touched that monty williams never touched that like there that's not necessary to do we don't know sean payton's politics i can guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> but sean payton's been here 15 years i don't know who he votes for you know i that visor tells you who he votes for every time. <laughs> he is filling in Ross Perot every single election. I mean, I have a pretty good guess, but I'm just saying uh, he's not on there tweeting about it. So regardless, I don't know. And it, there is still a uh, uh, we still don't know what's going to happen. But I do think that it's the amount of tension that was built, the amount of problems that occurred and the lack of results on the floor all lead to saying, like, what is the point? Like, is this guy really, is he a good enough X and O's basketball coach to get through all of those problems? For the Pelicans, you don't really talk about coaches being past their prime. Very, you do it with players, of course, but the the coaching method that Stan came in specifically for is past its prime in today's NBA. Yeah. He is a coach for all intents and purposes that is past his prime. Sure. I, the, he, the, he's not yeah. like he's not dumb. He's not a worse coach. His yeah. coaching style just is not how you play the game anymore. No. And the Pelicans, a very young, a very undisciplined team with no skill players, are never going to work in in Stan Van Gundy's, uh, you know, in that magic style play with J.J. Redick and Dwight Howard, they're never going to play like the magic. Yeah, or the Heat did when he was there too, which, I mean, he's he is a good coach. Like, he does understand basketball. He I think they do a lot of creative stuff. Like I'm, I'm not saying anything like that, but the concept that you could throw him on a roster like this one and they're just going to buy in and understand what's going on, like, yeah, Monty Williams is a great coach right now in Phoenix. You know what helped him a lot? Chris frickin' Paul. Right. Like that, you, you know, you got a guy like that leading the team, you know? Uh, Michael Malone failed as a coach in Sacramento, or at least he wasn't very good, and then he got into Denver, and he has Jokic, and that helps a lot. You know, like, there are guys who you need to either be unselfish or leaders or something like that. You can't coach a team full of, 
young, dumb guys, like guys who have no experience winning, right. who have no clue what they're really doing and what they're supposed to do, uh, and then have this just gruff old dude screaming at them the whole time. Like the combination of it never made sense. Now, also, it probably wouldn't make sense to have someone like Alvin still there who's like, you know, the slap him on the back, say run harder and go. So it's not as if they should have kept him. But there is an in-between of, you know, someone who kind of fits the Griff mold, a little more analytical, a little more, uh, you know, able to sort of spin the story, guys you can connect, player development, all those sorts of things I think can help. Bottom line is they have to count on those leaders getting a lot better. And at the same time, they need a coach who's more adaptable and friendlier and able to put up with 23-year-olds who are moody and make $40 million a year. Right, and uh, it's a player-driven league. Yeah. It's a player-driven league. If these guys are going to complain about being in Indiana, they absolutely want a buddy as their coach. Yeah. These guys don't want Major Payne coaching them anymore. <laughs> that, you know, they don't have to listen to it. You know, it's a, I'm not going to say soft like an old man, but it's, it's, a, it's a different league. It is. You know, it's, it's an emotionally player-driven league now, and relationships between... The coach and the players is more important than ever. And, of course, it makes sense that these guys would relate more and have a better relationship with somebody that looks a little more like them and is a little closer to their age and maybe has some of the same on-court experiences they do. Yeah, I would agree that those things are possible. When you combine it with the fact that they have no experienced leaders who have ever won anything. Right. Brandon Ingram has never been in the playoffs. Zion Williamson has never been in the playoffs. Like... You got guys who haven't done that. So unless you go add a piece who has the ability to lead and the ability to win, or at least the experience to win, you need a coach who can kind of bridge that gap. I think under their uh, best thoughts, they thought Stan would be that guy. And it's possible if he comes back next year, he could be that guy. But I didn't see that this year. And I didn't see a guy who was like connecting with his players and getting the most out of them. It didn't feel like that at all. They were doing... They were... Losing games on stupid shit and lazy shit, which I think is even worse. Like you, they were the worst defense like in NBA history in February. It's just it was absurd. Like they were thirtieth in defense in the year of the worst defenses that have ever existed. Uh, it was totally, totally escapable. They did not have to play that badly. They proved they didn't have to play that badly, but they just did because they didn't care that much. And that is all part of the problem. And I think it, it all stems back to needing someone who connects better with these guys. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I mean, I guess that's like, I don't if They go hire someone who's 28 who just like, I, I don't think that'll work either. So I have no idea. No, but the NBA, you know, to the point of, of uh, Malone and Denver and Monty and Phoenix is, does coaching matter that much? I know. On on the level that it used to. Yeah. Or is it more just about interpersonal relationships and not being mad at the guy asking you to do something? Yeah. And that was, did you read the story this week that Luka Doncic is all pissed at the Mavericks? Yeah. Yeah. So he's all mad at the Mavericks and not necessarily at Carlisle, but like it's someone in their front office. And it's like, because he can be. He is more, he is 10 times more important than anyone in that franchise whose name isn't Mark Cuban. Yeah. Like basically the only two people right now that matter to the Pelicans, there's three people that matter. The person who matters the most is Gail Benson because she can do whatever she wants. The second person is Zion because he can really do kind of whatever he wants. Absolutely. And then way underneath him is Brandon Ingram, who is, you know, under contract for a long period of time and going to make a lot of money. He influences the team. 
Other than that, everyone else is expendable. If you're a top twenty player in the NBA, you can you can be you can take hostages. Yeah, exactly. And the players know it. You the name cat's it. Out of the bag. Once James Harden pulled that last year, I think it really changed a lot. Uh, it does not bode well for the Pelicans. No, no. <laughs> I mean, that's why you got to get it fixed. So it's like on on this scale, you know, when you're talking about like Luca saying he's unhappy with an organization, Stan is nowhere even near that on the level of importance with the Pelicans. No. It's just going to be get him in or get him out. Yeah. It doesn't matter that much yeah. to this team, but that's also saying it doesn't matter that much to this team. And this is where our expectations are currently. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting that much out of the team, so I don't think it matters that much. <laughs> I mean, he's he's an old guy in a sweater screaming about defense. And at some point, that's just going to get old. Yeah. And it's it, it just it doesn't work unless you've got the exact right team. If Chris Paul was the point guard for this team, I think they would have been good. Yeah. You know, like there are guys who could have come in who I think would have set the tone and taken what his his message more seriously because he had a real message. But you're not going to take it seriously unless you're part of it. Like, maybe J.J. Redick took it seriously, but even he was bitching before he even started training camp. He may have, yeah, I'm sure he took it seriously and understood, like, on paper what he needed to do to help these guys out. But also, he's looking at the clock and going, I'm not going to work with these guys. No. I'm not going to be on the team in a fucking year, even if we are good. Yeah, exactly. So, they need... Uh, an increase in leadership, but at the same time, they need a connection with a coach who they're going to listen to. And I, whether that's Stan for half a season next year, I don't know. Maybe he turns it around. I mean, stranger things have happened, uh, but maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, he's fired. Any of these things are possible as we're talking right now on Tuesday night. I don't know the answer, but I think it's important to kind of discuss where he's at because he is a... Uh, he is definitely a piece floating out there. They have not given him any level of vote of confidence. They haven't said really anything about him. He hasn't talked since the exit interviews. The players did not give anything remotely resembling a ringing endorsement. Zion went an entire season and still thinks his last name is Gundy. He still calls him Coach Gundy. It's incredible. Uh, all of these things make you just sort of scratch your head and go like, okay, well, anything can kind of happen, but... Uh, Definitely one of the big storylines to keep an eye on as we enter the draft lottery, uh, which is Monday, correct? Yes. Uh, so the draft lottery will be Monday, and then we'll probably we'll, – uh, I just said, yeah, I, it's next week. Is I it, just said It's yes. Monday, right? Yeah. I think it – maybe it's Tuesday. I don't know. I just know it's next week. It's before week. we do our next show. Anyway, they'll have the draft position uh, at that point. And this, if it's not the last time we're talking about the lottery for a couple of years, things have gone terribly wrong, folks. Yeah, you know, I I was friend of the show. I don't know if he's friend of the show. A guy who also covers the Pelicans, yeah. Christian. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, reading yeah. Christian's article, and he's talking about this is supposed to be the last year. I'm like, who <laughs> said that before? <laughs> Welcome to New Orleans, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis's team's picking five times the lottery. Um, I guess it is supposed to be. Um, you know, the are the Pelicans going to do anything? The the pick is probably not going to change. They're yeah. at the, the 10 spot right now, which this is not a huge draft. This is not a deep draft. And the Pelicans don't need to draft. The Pelicans need to use this for capital to get a win-now player 
to uh, play for their brand new coach, Fletcher Mackle, who's being announced <laughs> tomorrow. Well, and, and that's why, like, the lottery is very big and not because of who they can get in the lottery nearly as much as, like, if you get a top four pick, especially a top two pick, uh, you know, in the in the lottery, you can trade that for an actual legitimately good player from a bad team. Uh, no one wants the number 10 pick. It's not very valuable. They tried last year to trade the number 13 pick, and no one gave a shit, and they ended up with Kyron Lewis. Yeah. And, that, and that's just what happened. Like, they even admitted it. They're like, we tried to trade the pick. No one wanted The same thing happened with the Saints. They were trying to trade up, and no one wants, you know, like, once you get to a certain point in these drafts, no one cares. It, right. It's just your fans care, and everybody else thinks it's garbage. And, you know, luck doesn't matter the pelicans are a little lucky with these things griff's a little lucky there's a 4.5 percent chance of getting the number one pick for the pelicans so what's that's one in 20 ish and so. they they have a 20 percent chance of landing anywhere in the top four top four is greatly going to affect whether we're getting bradley beal or yeah. whether we're gonna get uh, darko milichek <laughs> Uh, there's 20% always is one of those things where it feels like a high number. You're like 20% of the top four. That's pretty good. Yeah. And you're like, 20% is really eight. It's an 80% chance. They don't get the it's top because four. it's because of tipping, yeah. right? You're a big cheapskate. You're like 20%. 20%. They don't God. fucking deserve that. <laughs> yeah, that's pro. You got to do it before the tax. You got to do it before the tax. <laughs> Um, the ultimate cheap dad move. Be like, I don't know, they included the wine? Oh, no, come on. <laughs> That's before the tax and without the wine. And then uh, we can, you know. There were water get... spots, <laughs> plates. Not giving uh, this guy $4. Yeah, what, is it? what do you think he did? He just ran back and forth here 65 times as my kids spilled food all over the place. Uh, anyway, that'll take us through our Pell segment. Uh, we'll come back. we got little Saints news to talk about. Plus, of course, Hulk News, overrated, underrated, the worst of the week. Stick around. So much coming up right here on Hulk and Cup. And that's Jansen, Jansen, Patagna, the realtor to the stars. This episode is brought to you by Jansen Patagna. That's Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. Polk, he's got all the houses. He's got them. He's selling them so quick. On uh, Yesterday on Instagram, he posted he sold two houses already. It's unbelievable, he man. He can't keep these things in stock. He's got... A lot of people who knows who wants to buy. A lot of people who knows who wants to sell. Everybody's going to Jansen. Catch the wave, boys and girls. Actual Polk and Kush listeners have now bought two houses. Yeah. We can get to three, (laughs) I think, by next week. And we, you know, for privacy's sake, we'll only give out their address and, (laughs) you know, the alarm code on the show. We'll give out one person's social security number. What they said specifically... (laughs) They're like, we liked working with Jansen because uh, we knew what we wanted. He knew how to get that for us. Yeah. He was easy to work with. Yeah. And it happened pretty quick. Yeah. They said, this is what we want. Jansen found it for him. Jansen got it for him. Cool up and coming neighborhoods. 
He's uh he's not just in the quarter. He's not just in Metairie. He's all over the New Orleans metro area, and these places are awesome. Follow him on Instagram, J underscore Patagna. That's it. That's it. He's the best. Uh, if you have been listening to this show for any length of time, Jansen Patagna, the best realtor in this city, Araby, Mandeville, everywhere in between there. Uh, it's really hard to overstate how many freaking houses this guy has sold uh, since he started doing this show with I know. Us. You're welcome, Jansen. <laughs> Whether it's because of us, we're going to take credit for it. Yeah, we're taking credit. We're definitely taking credit for it. But Jansen is killing the game. He knows everyone. He knows everything. He understands the market. You don't know anything about the market. You think you know the market? You don't know jack squat about the market. Jansen does. He knows the paperwork. He'll get you through. Everybody just wants that process to get done quickly and get done by someone they trust. And everything else about it is the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. It's horrible. Maybe Jansen will help you move. If we sell five houses, Jansen will give us the sixth for free. We're the two guys in a truck moving company. We haven't <laughs> revealed that on the show yet. That's our fifth side hustle, I believe, just to make ends meet. We'll help you move in if you buy a house from Jansen. We'll come over there and party. <laughs> if we showed up to someone's house, we're like, ah, we're your movers. We're like, ah, shit. Well, <laughs> I guess nothing's getting out of this house. <laughs> I guess the piano's staying. Yeah, it's like, I'll bring the cat. Uh, um, just... Anyway, uh, Jansen Patagna, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. J underscore Patagna. On Instagram, he's got a gazillion houses. He's selling them. He knows what he's doing. Someone, for the love of God, just email Jansen and get <laughs> this done. Because you know you want a house. Stop screwing around. Like, oh, maybe the market will go down soon. It's not. No. We've been saying it for a year and a half. It's not going down. Stop paying, land- stop paying awful landlords. Become the awful landlord. Exactly. That's the only solution. And his houses, most of them, come with refrigerators. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, take that for data. Just look up, Jan- like, he's got to be the only person in the world named Jansen Patagna. <laughs> it's easy to find this man. I've never even heard those two names before, <laughs> much less together. His middle name, you know, Dumbledore. Yeah, Goldilocks, yeah. Uh, um, Jansen Goldilocks Patagna, buy yourself a home uh, from Jansen. Once again, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. That is a sponsor. Uh, that'll take us into our Saints news. Not a lot going on this week. No. Uh, the Saints did have that three-day mini camp. Uh, we talked about that last week when they, they sort of uh, got together and spoke. So that was a, a little bit of news came out, but not much. A uh, handful of things came out this week. Uh, Drew Brees retired. Officially. <laughs> He's officially been moved to the reserve slash retired list. Yes, that's the... Did they say which one specifically? They sent him out to the farm. He's uh, he's upstate now yeah. on a nice farm, plenty of grass, <laughs> sunshine, lots of balls to chase. It's so much. Not to throw. Yeah, no, not to throw. Not yeah. over 15 yards there's at least. Like, there's just endless amounts of chain store sandwiches yeah. and hair pills. and The smells are free. <laughs> Pyramid schemes galore. They can't possibly have the free smells sign at Jimmy John's in New Orleans. <laughs> 
It would smell too bad around there. People would throw up if they saw the free smell sign. That one on Porges and Leola or whatever it is. Like, yeah, that doesn't smell. Yeah, we know it's free. We, we know. We're paying for it uh, with our health, but... The oh, I got one of those ozone protection things today. It was like, the, the ozone layer is bad. I was like... What am I supposed to do about that? Okay, I'll I'll live underground. <laughs> like, I'll become a mole. Should I not go outside? I wasn't going outside anyways. 91 degrees. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. You know, uh, Drew Brees retired at the most selfish time because so did Thomas. Well, he didn't retire. Thomas Morstead has left the Saints. Yeah, he's gone. And he was completely overshadowed by the Brees news. Morstead, definitely going to be in the Saints Hall of Fame. Yeah. Maybe in the regular hall. Probably not. But uh, are any punters? Uh, yeah, maybe one. Ray Guy. That sounds right. Yeah. He's got an award named after him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Morstead's gone. So literally, for the only two pieces that were left here from the Super Bowl team uh, are now gone with Breeze and Morstead. Uh, we know who's replacing Breeze. Do we know who's replacing Morstead yet? I think that was part of that mini camp. They were trying to figure that, you know, get a leader on that one at least. Blake Gillikin is supposedly the front runner, and he was on the team last season. Mm-hmm. But he, due to no preseason games, has not played a single live snap of professional football. Okay. Uh, the same can also be said for Nolan Cooney. I do not believe he was on the team last season. Never heard These of These are guy. names. These are names of people. <laughs> This if is they, what the story is. If they walked into our house, into the studio right now and said, "Hi, I'm Brad Gillikin," you'd be like, "All right, Blake Gillikin." Yeah, what? <laughs> even better, Nolan Cooney. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh, okay. Are you here to fix the faucet? Yeah. <laughs> is this six foot eight guy here to fix the faucet? I hope so. You look like you have powerful legs. Have you ever thought of punting in the NFL? This is what a story about punters is. It's here's their names. That's a. That's do, you want, do you want to watch the highlight reel? Do you want to? I don't. I better know what it looks like. Did they go? Did they go to you know South Dallas <laughs> Christian? Probably. Uh, I guarantee they went to you know Grapevine Texas High School. Oh yeah, home of the shit eating walruses. <laughs> they can kick a football just fine, and we'll see what happens whenever there's. A very large man coming at them. Not a high schooler, not yes. a college football player, but not somebody on UTSA. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of UTSA, the uh, home you like of that? Yeah. the yeah, the home of our very favorite player in this podcast, uh, Marcus Davenport. I guess I read uh, this week that the coaches and Cam Jordan were like. Oh, man, he's really about to break out. He looks like he's a fourth or fifth year player. It's like he is. He's a fourth or fifth year player. He's a fourth. He he has just sucked so bad for so long. And he's so talented that you're like, oh, yeah, man. Like, wait, he's really figured it out now. It's like, I don't care at all. They could literally say, like, he had 50 sacks in the mini camp. You're like, I don't care. Like, I <laughs> until until I watch him play. I would say he has to string together three good games. I've seen him play a good game. If he strings together three good games, I'll finally stop shitting on him and shitting on Mickey Loomis for trading two first-round picks for him. Yeah, a lot of the uh, vitriol for Davenport is because of what was given up for him. You know, the athleticism and the size is there. Uh, the the story that you're referencing in particular, it's a lot of Cam Jordan saying that he's made a lot of mental growths. It's like, oh, w- did he keep getting brain, turf brain last year? <laughs> 
He keep spraining his medulla oblongata, or was it his fucking ankle? He was so bad at keeping run contained. I mean, the the Buccaneers ran at him like nine out of ten plays during that game. Everybody did. So they're like, they know he can't stop it, and so they're just going to keep going at him. And so unless that sort of stuff improves, uh, where it becomes that there's not a weakness there like to very easily exploit. He is a good third down pass rusher or whatever. Like he's very strong. He's physically gifted. He can make a couple of huge plays. Uh, Other than that, he's the arm flailing inflatable guy in a car lot. Yeah. So it's like, it's good for practice. Like, oh, they think he looks awesome at practice. Like, yeah, because it doesn't matter. You have to be good every play in practice. No a lot of guys shit. look good at practice. Yeah. Brad Gillikin looks good at practice. Play. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, the other Saints news that I saw uh, today was the dome renovations are going on, and they did reveal the uh, – they showed, I guess, the suites that are going to be right behind uh, the end zone. So just like in Dallas and, I guess, Seattle, there might be a couple others. Uh, that, to me, just seems like a terrible seat. I don't know why you'd want to build that or why you'd want to buy that in particular. No, I like what the what the Raiders are doing with the nightclub in the end zone. That's cool. The Saints should do that. Strip club in the end zone. Absolutely. Mini Mardi Gras. People are already <laughs> wasted. Instead of throwing fans out of the Superdome, throw them into the club. <laughs> like, hey. Just put a prison in there? You've, you've had too much. Get in, this, get in the Houdat Lounge. It's $60 to get out. Dude, that'd be so great if they put a prison behind the end zone and it's all the guys that were too drunk at the game and you just stuck them in there and you could kind of see through it. There's bars, but it would have to be like just obstructed enough that they really couldn't tell what's going on. So they're all fighting each other for a view. It can be like the foggy glass. <laughs> yeah, the opaque Yeah, <laughs> like you can kind of see through it. They're like scratching. Th- Maybe they do have one porthole that the guy can see through. And then you fight to get to the porthole to see out. You can also buy tickets to the club to see these drunks yeah. fight each other. Or like a two-way mirror. Yeah. Or, what is that? A one-way mirror? Two way, like, you know, where the, like the interrogation room where they have like the a one-way two-way one-way mirror yeah. is just glass. That's just glass. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that they use in the interrogation room where one side can see in, the other side can't see out. If you just did that, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Remember how the Eagles used to have a, a, a court and a jail in their stadium, in the old stadium? That's so good that? yeah and uh now they don't and i was like i feel like the saints of all the places could really go for that i mean there how many people to, get arrested in a given game it's like a disney it's got to be like a disney style jail you know like secret underground under the <laughs> dome get a sponsor it's the Foberg brewing uh prison oh no it's a sponsor by a personal injury attorney you kidding me they'll be fighting for them because value the dudley debosier uh you know uh holding cell four 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 hold up your fours and don't shove them into your neighbor dude dudley's phone number is one of the funniest things in new orleans it's just like are you fucked up just keep hitting four just pick up the phone and hit four until your fat, dumb hand can't even dial anymore. And then I'll pick up. I'll come get you. I don't, I don't know what he, he's a personal injury. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's going to be brutal here. Oh, God. I, I can't imagine how much all those guys like the this, amount of money that I mean, there's a thousand different billboard attorneys and there's a hundred people that live here. So I don't know how it works. I, there are three jobs in New Orleans, bartender, clown and <laughs> slipping and falling in a successful business. 
I dated a girl that said like her goal was to slip and fall in a Starbucks, and she had all of her research. She had the numbers. I got run over by Alexis. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you want to sit on the uh, the suite for the Pelicans or suite for the Saints next year, that appears they will be built. I think it's gonna be lame, man. Like you're gonna look at those suites. Like the plaza was always rocking. Like that lower part of the plaza, yeah. like right, you know, like right at the edge. Like that's where all the crazy people who dressed up were all in the first row there. Like the Optimus Saint and the uh, the Moses guy and the boxing Joker, love guy. Yeah, yeah, all those dudes are on the front row. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I know it'll be worse. Like whoever's in those suites will be lamer. I don't think it, the costume people aren't getting in the suites. The the no, suites God, are no. to keep the costume people out. Yes, yes, precisely. It's going to yeah. be a bunch of Benson clones. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be a bunch of dudes who look like me. They're going to have the hologram <laughs> Tom Benson in there doing the boogie. Yeah, with an eighteen person bachelor party from Chicago. <laughs> Porky with his uh, calculator watch or whatever he said his name was. And Shiloh. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's make sure we get his real name on here. That's true, yes. If you're looking up uh, people in Portland. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that'll take us into our next portion of the show. Do you want to do some poke news? This can be poke news. No, sure. Uh, have you been watching the NBA playoffs? Eh. There's a lot of... At first, it was like, oh, man, this is great. Basketball every day of the week. And now it's like, oh, yeah. Too much basketball. I think stuff just got busier, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tuning in and tuning out. Yeah. I was very interested uh, in the in the Mavs-Clippers series. Mm-hmm. I don't give that much of a shit about Suns-Nuggets. I don't care about mm-hmm. either of those cities or those teams. I like Monty. I like Chris Paul. But at this point, the, the NBA playoffs are just kind of like, well, it's going to be somebody new. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Um, new enough. New enough. I have not watched much. I think a lot of it's because I've watched a lot of college baseball. I've been out of town, all this stuff. But, like, yeah, I was way more invested in the first round than the second round, which was, I guess, a tad surprising. Yeah. I mean, now it's like, well, I guess I'm, you know, I'm just going to cheer for who I personally like. You know, I like Trey Young. I like him giving that shit to the Knicks. Yeah, that was fun. I I like seeing a man holding on to the last wisp of hair. (laughs) Relatable. Yeah. You know. What don't Trey and I have in common? Super athletes, great at what we do. Very little hair, holding on to it. You're probably the same height. Quite possibly. Yeah, he's a little guy. But uh, yeah, the you know NBA playoffs. You can talk about this shit. You can watch it. No one cares. I feel like there's a lot of injuries too, and that's kind of made it a little bit worse. Like you know, Kyrie got hurt. For Brooklyn, Harden had been hurt. He's supposed uh, to be back tonight for yeah. his first, or sorry, yesterday. Yeah, that's right. When it's you're weird that to I'm this. saying it as a past tense and then also not having the knowledge of, of being what happened. Yeah. Tense. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't bother to look up the score. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 Nuggets Sun series, which I thought could be interesting, ended up being a sweep. Uh, I don't know. I just don't get that invested in the Clippers for some reason. Like, I don't find it to be. I don't care about another Los Angeles team. Los Angeles doesn't need anything else. No, they're not. They haven't been allowed to go outside for 14 months. They don't deserve another championship. (laughs) Them not having a full arena also makes it worse. That's uh, seeing the cardboard cut out. It's like, look, dude, what are you doing? I know it's very passe at this point. Yeah, it's like we get it. Yeah, you're going to be in other countries soon. Well, so I was in Chicago the day before the game was 50 percent and the next day was 100 percent. I was like, what happened? 
What happened? Everybody's in that day? vaccines kicked in. Yeah, I was like, the, it just went away. I was like, how about the day you announced the plan was the day you opened everything? Like, there's no nothing changed in that whatever, however many days that was. So yeah. Anyway, it was nice to be at Wrigley Field in a full house, but it just made me realize how stupid. And of course, there's all these white women in the hotel who are like masked up and like Cubs fans won't go inside, won't you know stand next to anybody. I was like, what are you doing? Like you're here. Yeah. If you cared that much, you wouldn't be here, right? You'd still be at home. I've been seeing people in the corridor wearing masks outside. It's just nuts. I've seen people wear masks outside, and I'm like, I hope that's just because of the smell. <laughs> yeah, it was like, that, it's a gas mask. Is, it, <laughs> is that it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you've been watching baseball, though. Yes. Tennessee. Woo! Baseball school. Baseball school. Who are they playing in Texas? Uh, Virginia. Uh, so Tennessee it made the College World Series. Uh, beat LSU, retired pulmonary, and LSU fans got very deep in their feelings on my Twitter feed uh, that Tennessee fans were not very classy. <laughs> they did boo him. They boo, they, which was, <laughs> he called them nasty people like a couple months earlier uh, when they got swept. Uh, and But he meant that as a compliment, right? Exactly, like yes. Hillary and the nasty women. Yeah, like women nasty thing. women, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, when they said, which the school did a nice thing, being like, congratulations, Pulmonary, and a great career. And, of course, these animals just, boo. I think it's funny. I thought it was funny, it's too. It's funny. And then the LSU fans, who I always love LSU because I always think they're, you know, the fun, drunk, Cajun, you know, Louisiana fan base. You think just, they wouldn't have booed? Yeah, somebody. if Nick Saban's last game is in Tiger Stadium, you don't think they're going to boo him? Uh, anyway, it was, I mean, people got very in their feelings about how not classy Tennessee is. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when my, my friends went to an LSU game at Tiger Stadium and they had their kids with them and somebody yelled, suck that Tiger dick, bitch, right at their face. Uh, you, this stuff happens. Like, you can't, I just, like, 70,000 people screaming the most vulgar, and they're like, ah, no, no, that's just a thing we do. Look, I don't care that LSU isn't classy. I don't care that Tennessee isn't classy. I don't care at all. You've decided if you're going on the road to go on the road. Drunk college deal sports aren't classy. Yeah, just deal with it. Like, this is what it is. You've taken the risk. When you wear the other team's colors in another team's stadium, you have decided to take the risk. Were people assholes? I'm very confident they are assholes. Oh, sure. I also really, like... You should be. I got somebody said you should be embarrassed. I was like, I am not embarrassed at all. We kicked your ass. Like, does that mean you won the manners contest? Congratulations. <laughs> like, great. I'm sure when you've kicked other teams' asses, they've left LSU being like, wow, those guys were dicks. It's like th that's just the way it goes, man. It's funny how people act like there's no shit talking in sports anymore. Yeah, Everybody's clutching their pearls. Yeah, somebody. Told somebody to fuck off. That's the beauty of sports, telling people to fuck off. And if, if there's one redeemable thing about Twitter, it's saying crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like so weird. I was like, yeah, half these LSU, you know, uh, dudes were just talking trash and cutting wrestling heel promos before the thing started. And they lose. And, like, T-Bob took his punishment. And all these other guys were like, oh, my God, the fans were so mean. They were supposed to mean to us. And Can then you what happened? How mean they were? Then what happened? Did you go home? Yeah. Did you go to Outback Steakhouse? Yeah. Somebody also called us new money, which I thought was great. It's like act like you've been there before. I was like, we haven't. Yeah. It was fun. We had fun. <laughs> were we supposed to just walk off the field? 
Be like, oh, sorry, guys. Thanks for coming. Let's pretend like we've been here before and casually walk to the locker room I, and I drink love, water. I love that line of act like you've been there before. Like, imagine, like, you're getting married, telling that to your wife. Like, <laughs> hey, you're, you want to have dancing at the wedding? Act like you've been there before. Yeah, let's let's play it a little cooler than this. <laughs> let's not. Well, we shouldn't enjoy the fact that we beat the shit out of LSU. We should definitely treat it as if it was just some ho-hum experience that never happened. Yeah, you know? take off your monocle, happens. polish your monocle, get in your limousine and go home. <laughs> completely silent. Go, mm, quite. What a satisfying victory. It's so, dude, it is on the, the, the cognitive dissonance of fans to be like, the people who wear the colors that I wear would never do such a thing. No. It's like, yeah, they would. You can't speak for the drunkest, dumbest factions of people who happen to live in your state or happen to wear the same T-shirt that you do. I don't <laughs> speak for those idiots. If someone was an asshole, an LSU fan, I'm sorry that happened to you. I, and they, they booed a pitcher who was hurt. That's bad. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I also like the idea that that's like unbelievable. You should be embarrassed for yours. Like, no, yeah. this is what happens. Everyone's got pieces of crap who cheer for their team. Yeah. And you still, I went to the school. It's I, okay. I deal with assholes every day <laughs> and I forget about it the second I get home. That's it. You should be embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed I'm by so these people I don't know over I'm this so, game. Yeah, I know. The people I don't know yelled at people I don't know. Man. I can't believe it. I'm going to stop being friends with that guy I don't know. <laughs> I'm, let's get him fired. Disavowed. I have disavowed that fan who I, yelled at you. or Yelled at a person I don't know. Hello, O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> I have some incriminating footage of the guy who sells windshield wipers at your store. He yelled at a, a fan wearing different colors. Can you believe it? So so new money. <laughs> what a bunch of little bitches. God, just grow up. Grow up. All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed, Loved it. I enjoyed beating LSU. So. Well, that's fun. It. That's, uh, you know, that's the outside sports Polk News segment. Uh, we're going to get into all the favorites, overrated and underrated, the worst. Stick around. Overrated. Underrated. That's right, underrated. Overrated, underrated, overrated. Send them to us, polkandkush at gmail.com. We'll go down the list. If not, we have to come up with our own. I don't like doing my own work. That's a lot of work. Um, What do you want to start with? Overrated? Yes. That's right. Overrated. What you got? Fast food chicken sandwiches. What? Yeah. You been to Popeye's? This is precisely what it's about. There's a Popeyes very close to here. Uh-huh. You get in line. You it's the line is out to the road <laughs> every time you go by, whether it's 9 a.m. or whether it's 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. The line. This is like a trick. You know, like Trader Joe's, they have a small parking lot, so it, it's always packed, and it looks like they're more popular than they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Popeyes has bad service, so it appears they are more popular than they are. Because you get in that line, you go, oh, wow, a million people. Those people have been there for two hours. <laughs> only uh, once a day, only 12 people get Popeyes each day. <laughs> only 12. And that's counting every Popeyes in the city. It's like the DMV of fast food. <laughs> yeah. Is this worth it? Is this worth it for chicken on a bun? Yeah. Fried chicken is good. Like, people always talk about, like, their favorite chicken. Most chicken is my favorite chicken. Yeah, it's usually. It's really hard to fuck up fried chicken. Yeah. 
And when there's so many, when you can go to a gas station and mm-hmm. get the same thing mm-hmm. and, you know, a t-shirt <laughs> that comes with a do-rag That's taped true. to it. Or, you know, a Dale Earnhardt, uh, you know, bumper sticker. Yeah. A koozie that says wine em, dine em, 69 em. <laughs> they don't have that at Popeye's. And then you get to Popeye's and they say, pull up. Why? I'm just going to be up there longer. Yeah. Now I'm stuck. <laughs> now, now I got nowhere to go. I think that's a trick they do where they think that if you drive up, you're more inclined to just drive off. Yeah, that's My true. My grandmother used to do that. She would pay at the first window mm-hmm. at McDonald's and then just drive home. I've done that several <laughs> times. And it always takes way longer than you'd think to realize it. I think it's just the process of because, yeah, the chicken sandwich is good. Chick-fil-A is good. Churches is good. Uh, Brothers is good. Is it worth the wait? I don't think so. I used to go to Chick-fil-A a lot for my kids when they had the lobby open because it was kind of a nice place to sit. Yeah. Considering, you know, the... But now the the drive through line is always nuts. It is fast, but it's not that... It's not fast enough for the amount of cars that are there. And, uh, and it's a huge pain in the ass. So, yeah, I don't really go anymore. I don't go to Chick-fil-A during Pride Month. The rest of the year, I go the rest of the year. It's actually Pride Year, so it's I probably shouldn't yeah, go probably at shouldn't all. go this year. Dang. Uh, <laughs> that's my contribution to the LGBT community. I just don't go, I just to, don't Chick-fil-A go to Chick-fil-A for, for a while. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, gays. We didn't go to Chick-fil-A. We... For one month out of the year, what a sacrifice. Yeah, I went to Papa. I'm sure their uh, political beliefs are in line. With <laughs> yeah, <it>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely exactly what you want. Al Copeland, famous liberal. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree that it is. Now, I will say the Popeye's chicken sandwich is incredible. Whenever I see a short line, I'm always like the car is like veering itself into there. I talk myself out of it. Even with the short line, I'm like, this won't be worth it. You're going to get mad. And you're going to feel awful. Oh, too. yeah. Like, it's delicious, but you feel horrible. The last bite, you're like, just, is there more? Because the second I stop this, it's going to really be awful. I feel like a horse eating that. Like, I need to eat a bunch of hay afterwards <laughs> just because all the grease <laughs> in my stomach. <laughs> like eating ch- dry Cheerios after just to absorb. Even the bun has some sort of gloss on it. It's wild. Oh, yeah. It's delicious, man. I love that. I might go after oh, we yeah. leave. <laughs> Close here. by. I already ate dinner. It doesn't matter. If you get in line, get me one. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to knock yeah, on your for door breakfast. at 2 a.m. <laughs> Uh, all right, that'll take me into uh, into my overrated. Uh, also with food, uh, the group meal. So, as I said, I went to this very large bachelor party. Uh, we went to lunch and we split the tables into like four different tables, and everyone was kind of able to walk around and talk to each other. And I was like, that is a good experience. What's overrated is when you're with a large group, they always want to do a meal together, but they usually put you at one long table, you know? Mm-hmm. And that sucks. It's a terrible experience. The food is always bad. They usually shorten the menu on you, and it's not fun. You get stuck with whatever anybody else paid for at the meal. You got to deal with that crap. Or somebody's like, I didn't drink, so I'm going to pay $30. On top in cash, and then you guys split it the other 72 ways. <laughs> um, you've got all these people. They're kind of mad. Somebody's like blackout drunk. There's never a situation where the alchemy of a very, very large group dinner 
ever comes together properly. When I was like 25, I feel like every weekend was someone's birthday and 17 of us went to dinner somewhere. And every time I was like, why do I keep doing this? It pisses me off every single time I go. And now I have a pretty hard set rule of like no more than eight people at a table. I think that's a good rule. It seems like technology could fix this also. Like yeah. the waiter could just put the little card reader at the table and go type in whatever the hell you're paying for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as you hit the number at the end, I don't care. Yeah, that, that, that could solve some of it. I Really, you just have to take the hit. If you're not yes. drinking, you have to go, I'm not drinking, but I'm going to pay whatever. Because it, look, it's the asshole tax. I'm sorry. It is. If you want to avoid it. Eat up, drink up, exactly. get back on the wagon. Be or- friends with not assholes. <laughs> you chose to be friends with assholes. This is what happens. Sorry, man. Yeah. Then they had the 14 drinks and you had zero. Sorry. Kind of have to take that one. It honestly. is. It is. And it's disappointing, but it is. There's nothing worse than like the guy looking through the mile long receipt and being like, well, mine was 16 and yeah. your entree was 38. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, well, okay. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> huh? It's like there's and so it doesn't come up that often anymore because I'm old and don't have many friends anymore. I've mostly alienated everybody I know because I have this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but at the same time, I appreciated having a uh, a meal where it was like small tables and we could all and the restaurant didn't give a crap that we were all kind of just like bouncing between each other's tables. So everything was a lot more uh, congenial and. It just flowed a lot better than having one giant table. Now, after uh, complaining about splitting a check, will you remind the at-home listeners uh, what religion you belong to? (laughs) I am a Scientologist. (laughs) (laughs) If you give Xenu enough money, we can all get through this together. Um, The Lazy Susan should be brought back to the group meal. It is. The Lazy Susan's nice. I like that. There also should be... I've always said that like every 45 minutes... You should have to switch. Like, in between the appetizers and entrees, everybody should switch seats. Duck, duck, goose. Every, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, in between, the, like, an occasion, I used to go to parties where they'd have, like, name cards, and they'd, like, split up me and my wife. I was like, this is just weird. I was like, I'm getting put next to some person I've literally never met. I was like, eh, come and on. And somebody's thinking about it. They're like, Scott should meet Kevin. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, cool, that's actually my brother's <laughs> name. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it's always like yeah, it's always just like a, a very awkward interaction. And so I uh, I think that the group meal on paper it sounds like a good idea. It's like oh everybody we like is going to be at this one restaurant. We're going to have fun, and it's never as much fun as you think it is. Overrated. Yep. What you got? Uh, underrated. Uh, the above ground or the inflatable pool? Yeah. Yeah. The poor people pool. The redneck pool. Yeah. We always had the above ground pool. My father. <laughs> would have scientific objects trying to level the ground <laughs> for weeks. He would be out there with that thing. The guy, there's always some asshole on a street with like a camera on a pole. I don't know what it does. The triangulator. Yeah. Something <laughs> on a tripod. That and, thing. But he's just in a dirt field doing this for weeks. And then, you know, we put our blow up Ninja Turtles pool on it. And of course, it immediately falls down. But. Uh, the inflatable pool, it's the pool for, for this generation. Yes. No one has money. No one has property. <laughs> yeah. 
get in the inflatable pool this uh, this weekend. I got in Joe Cardosi's inflatable pool. <laughs> nice. I think they got it from like Costco or something. It was like probably like seven foot diameter. Oh, nice! And it's got like an inflatable chairs in Ooh. it, which was nice. And you don't you don't have to put your head under the water, no. but as long as your legs are under there, it's fine. You're getting it's it's cooling you at least ten degrees. And you don't you know. I'm sure you're on the aspect of it where, oh, if I get a pool, my insurance is going to go up. I have mm-hmm. to build a fence. You don't have to do that with the inflatable pool. <laughs> That's true. Because you don't own property <laughs> if you have an inflatable pool. I just think it's often overlooked because it's juvenile. These things are like polka dotted and they have SpongeBob on them. And yeah. They need to have inflatable pools for adults. They should. I, I, I was big on the inflatable pool in college. I would often set it up in our front yard. People always really appreciated that. <laughs> the running the neighbor's hose into an inflatable <laughs> pool. Um, yeah. I had to take my kids uh, on swim lessons this week. So I actually was like, oh, you know what sucks? A real pool. I was like, I would have loved it if I didn't have to. My kids just never learned to swim because this is very challenging. <laughs> um, I agree, man. Inflatable pool—that's very good. Uh, it is definitely—it's the definition of underrated too. Because you drive yeah. by, you're like, that is the trashiest, stupidest looking thing I've ever seen. And then when you're in it, you're like, it's fun. The truck pool's great too. Put a tarp in the yeah. back. Have you ever done that? <laughs> oh, no, but that sounds like the—that's very- what those uncouth <laughs> Tennessee fans were doing when they were. They're classing up yeah. the joint. It seems like that's the city flag of Rustin. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody just ripping heaters, drinking Keystone ice in the back of an Isuzu. Going, don't get much better than this. <laughs> this is living. Yep. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> uh, um, all right, that'll take me into my underrated, uh, the baked potato. Hmm. Not often considered... On the list of sides, fries is the main option when you get a burger uh, or, you know, if you go to a nice place, spinach or any, you know, uh, a gratin potatoes as big as a steakhouse. The baked potato has a very specific place at very specific places like Portacol does a baked potato. Uh, Oscars in Metairie does a baked potato. They're kind of hard to find. I guess they're harder to do. But I think they are. It's the baking. It's a significantly better side than fries. It's not even close. Fries are so ubiquitous and they're everywhere and you eat 12 of them and you're like, oh, I feel like crap. I guess we'll just keep eating these. Baked potato, you can load them up. You can unload them. You can go naked. You can go butter. You can go chops. There's like a hundred different ways to do it. The fry is very boring. And after your first one, your first one's going to taste, your first bite's going to taste like your hundredth bite. The baked potato, versatile, can mix it up. You have the you can control you get all the sides. I'd like a loaded baked potato, everything on the side. That's when the world really you're just like a, a French king. You're just, you know, sprinkling. You're like feel like uh, you know, one of those celebrity chefs. You're Guy Fietti back there, just you're salt bay. Just getting yeah, yeah. You're 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 powing, <laughs> powing onto the, uh, everything. And uh, it's real nice, man. I like the baked potato. I think it it's very hard to find though. I wonder if the baked the baked potato. I remember as a child, my mother would make baked potatoes, and it took forever. It does. It takes a long time to make them at home. Maybe restaurants have some better way of doing it. I don't know. Port of call. That's like the only side they have at Port of Call. I'm pretty it is. sure. So they maybe don't they, have fries. Yeah, they have a guy that gets in at five a.m. and just starts <laughs> up the taters. <laughs> they must just not have a deep fryer. I think. I guess every place that does baked potatoes, it's because they don't have a deep fryer. 
I would. I don't. That means Waffle House should have baked potatoes. Exactly. That would be absurd. (laughs) Instead, they have hash browns. (laughs) I guess Waffle House doesn't have an oven. Also, they only have a grill top. But Uh, there have been a couple of points on the episode where you've just referenced how bad you feel after eating food. Yeah, I'm fat. Maybe we should. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should start eating better, asshole. I'm sure Jansen's got some doctors (laughs) in the family. Maybe we can. Send you over there, get your stomach looked at. <laughs> it is unbelievable how closely my mood and my diet align, and yet the minute I have to decide to eat something, it doesn't. Like, that just doesn't register. <laughs> it's like hungry now, eat, and I know I know what it's going to do to me after. I feel like a grizzly bear after I eat it. And I'm like, that's ah, fine. I'll figure it out, and then it's just horrible. Oh God. Yeah, man. I don't have a you know slender physique like you, Mister Polk. Can't pull it off. Nope. Well, big, big fat Kool Aid man over here <laughs> going through Chicago, just, just <sighs> pizza. Let's go get some more beef. Did you get some deep dish. I did get some deep dish. It was delicious. It's just a cake. It's just a cake with pepperoni on cheesecake, it. Cheesecake, baby. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, I could eat this every day, but I shouldn't. Uh, but if I lived there, it'd be dangerous because I think I'd get that type of pizza quite often. Oh, my God. Well, luckily, we don't have any pizza like that here. We yeah. just have other food that will kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except the big potato. All right, everybody. That'll take us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Always a lot of contenders. This week, I got a good one for you. This is from the BBC News. For once, Americans aren't stupid. It's another place. (laughs) Fast food staff arrested for not giving police free burgers. Nice. (laughs) All 19 workers at a fast food restaurant in Pakistan were detained after refusing to give a group of police officers free hamburgers last week. (laughs) 19 workers? This must be a real operation. I was going to say. They don't have a line around the block like Popeye's. Yeah. Staff at the chain Johnny and Jugnu, we all know it, in Lahore were rounded up at 0100. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That would take me a year to figure out. What is that in Pakistani? (laughs) It says 2000 GMT. This isn't getting any easier. Is that in Celsius? On Saturday and held overnight. This is not the first time something like this has happened at our restaurant, a statement by the burger chain said. That's what I like in a burger chain. Constant strife with the authorities. Nine police. How many many people are involved in this? Nine police officers. That means 28 people are involved in this. Nine police officers involved in the incident have now been suspended. No one is allowed. Okay, this is from Twitter regarding the police head saying no one is allowed to take the law into his own hands and justice will not be tolerated. All of them will be punished. (laughs) It's like straight out of Super Troopers. The the police had gone to the restaurant two days before the incident to request (laughs) free burgers. So this is Super Troopers. They went there like, hey, give us free burgers. They're like, no. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. It's for a cop. They came back with the SWAT team upon rejecting their request for free burgers, which has become a common practice for the officers. The officers threatened the managers and left 
only to return the next day to further and harass and pressurize our teams with baseless arguments. I like that they're arguing it. They're like, hey, can we have some burgers? And they're like, no. How do you argue that? Yeah. Like, well, give it to us. Well, we, we deserve it. We can shoot you. We have the guns. They emptied out the entire branch, arresting all of the kitchen crew and the managers. Oh, my God. The restaurant said the staff was not allowed to close down the kitchen. And as they were being arrested, the fryers were still running. <laughs> and there's also, this is still an active restaurant. There are customers gonna be, waiting in line. Oh, there's going to be other people there, right? They take out the entire <laughs> restaurant. The workers were detained for seven hours and said the officers <sighs> were pushing them, them around. And reminding them that it's because they did not give them free hamburgers. <laughs> that is... This is... I what? should note, the head of police in Pakistan is Wimpy from Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hamburglar is the sheriff. <laughs> Boss Hog isn't doing that crap. Like <laughs> That is... Uh, it, it's one thing to be like, oh, they spit in our food or, yeah. you know, they called us pigs and told us to get out. They wouldn't <laughs> serve us like, no, they just wouldn't give us the food <laughs> that they have to make for money. I don't like even putting this story into the ether of New Orleans because there might be like a cop that listens to the show. And he's like, we should do that. Yeah. Then they like, Why don't we just arrest everybody? <laughs> It's like, well, you guys should arrest the people who are breaking the law first. <laughs> then you can start worrying about the people who aren't breaking the law. Uh, that'll take me into my worst of the week. Uh, speaking of breaking the law, there is never a lack of law breaking going on in New Orleans. I actually had a couple different people uh, email me a couple different stories. Uh, both were pretty horrendous, uh, and both are about stuff that is not genuinely funny, but are is definitely the worst. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the one that makes me less depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, failed attempt to carjack NOPD detective lands man in jail. So believe it or not, <laughs> trying to carjack an on-duty police officer was a bad idea. Uh, a man tried to car... This is from our good friend Ramon Antonio Vargas. Uh, I would say he's the savior of this program. For sure. Uh, he's definitely he's the best at NOLA.com. Uh, a man tried to carjack an on-duty, plainclothes New Orleans police detective Sunday in the Lower Garden District apparently not realizing the would-be victim who would who pulled a gun in return was a police officer. After the detective pulled a gun, Quinn Massey, 44, tried to run. How'd that work out? Uh, but he was arrested before he could escape. The detective was in the lower garden district investigating a call that the man in the white shirt and camouflage shorts, well, I don't know how you could see him, uh, <laughs> was pulling on car door handles. Police said the detective had stopped at the corner of St. Mary and St. Charles when a man identified as Massey opened the passenger side of the detective's unmarked police vehicle and told him to get out. The detective refused. Massey clutched his waistband as if he had a gun in there saying, I got something for you. That prompted the detective to pull out his actual gun, <laughs> prompting Massey to run from the confrontation. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. Pulled over the wrong fucking guy. Should have gotten me. He'd be in my car right now. My ass would have been out of that car in 1.1 seconds. Instead, he got the guy with the badge and the gun, and you have neither a badge nor a gun. Not working out for you. Uh, officers captured Massey nearby and jailed him on first-degree robbery. 
Here's the best part of this here story. Massey's attorney, of course, a public defender. This poor person who has to do this job. This is you're just looking for anything. Be like, <laughs> you tried to what? You carjacked up on duty police officer, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, Massey's attorney argued she had reason to believe her client may have been suffering a medical emergency. <laughs> ah. When he tried to get into the detective's vehicle, she didn't elaborate on what the nature of the episode was, though. <laughs> he was, he was, he had the Popeye chicken sandwich, he had a baked potato. That's why it was. That's why he was holding his waistband. <laughs> he was pulling out those car door handles, looking for insulin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, that's the excuse. He had a medical emergency. He was trying to drive himself to the hospital. Uh, what are What are the other possible excuses? You could say it was for a prank show. <laughs> yeah. This was Impractical Jokers. <laughs> you know, the three guys are in the room, and they're like, "Okay." Carjack the police officer. <laughs> he he was hired by the CIA. He was actually this is all a big training episode. You guys can just let this slide. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, if any person in a courtroom listens to that attorney, who obviously just literally couldn't come up with anything. Oh sure. And it's like, well, obviously he must have had a pretty serious medical issue if he was you know, pulling on a bunch of car door handles and then trying to carjack a police officer. I'm pretty confident that, you know, he probably had like a, you know, he had a so, headache. Yeah, he had a, a brain hemorrhage that was going on. His ass exploded. Like, what could have possibly happened that instead of trying to, you know, get a ride, he tried to carjack the guy? Not great. Not great. And it is, uh, it's the most New Orleans thing that's of all time. Of course. The magistrate court commissioner set his bail at $10,000. Shouldn't his bail be $100 million? The dumbest person alive. Probably. They just you know, like, Well, you have to pay like a very small percentage. Yeah, it's like 10%. That. And then, of course, you skip out on the bail bond, so yeah. you never pay that back. They just had a person on bond who killed a lady. That was going to be the other story. They, 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 just, they dropped the guy's bail down from 250 to 100 and then he went and killed somebody. Oh. Yeah. Well. So it's not like there's anything going on here. It is ridiculous. New Orleans had more than a hundred and twenty percent year-to-date increase in reported carjackings. Let's keep these guys off of the street. Ten thousand dollar bail is a little ridiculous. Generally, let's do something about this shit. This is so ridiculous. The, the on-duty cops are getting carjacked. Well, there there is something coming up that could quell the, the carjackings. There's going to be a ton of hurricanes this year. That's true. <laughs> People aren't going to be out driving. All the cars will be yeah. on the neutral ground. <laughs> Easy pickings. Steal my car when I'm not in it. Yeah. I don't care if you steal a car. I just don't want to have to then go walk somewhere. I don't. I don't want to have to go and like get a new registration. <laughs> You can have my car, but here's my... Th if you want my car and you got a gun in my face, I'm going to go, you can have the car. I'm taking the license plate. I'm taking everything out of the glove box. You can have my wallet, but I'm keeping my fucking license. I'm not going through all... You can rob me. You can have all my shit. I'm not going back to the DMV. Blow the car up. Have fun driving off a cliff in New Orleans East like Thelma and Louise. Uh, always an uplifting end whenever I do my worst uh, of you know, New Orleans horseshit uh, 
episodes. Uh, anyway, we so love doing this program. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback recently. Please follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush at uh, on Twitter. Uh, of course, go see Polk. Polk, you have a show coming up this weekend. Anything? No. Great. Go see Polk. Uh, <laughs> do stand up at nowhere. Uh, and you can always follow us, subscribe, like, leave a review. For the love of God, if you've been listening to this show and you haven't left a review yet, I'm going to slap you across the face. Yeah, I think that's only accurate. I do have a, a sh- I'm starting a show uh, in the bar underneath the Orpheum Theater in the CBD. Hey, that was nice. Um, that's going to be up and running in August. We'll give you all the details there. Um, any important shows, I'll let you know, too. I can dig it. All right, everybody. That is our episode for this week. We will see you next time on Polk and Kush. See ya.